great to be speaking to you this evening. My name is Hannah, and I am a member of St. Nick's Church here. I'm briefly going to be talking you through some of the readings we've had today and our theme of All I Want for Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? That's a question we get asked a lot at this time of year and one that I really, really struggle to answer. I'm a gifts person. I don't want to get for Christmas something on a list of things I need. I want something that I didn't know I needed. I'm also a sentimentalist. So if you get me something, I will remember forever that you got it for me and it'd be really traumatic if I had to get rid of it. And finally, I'm also waging war on materialism and having stuff that I don't need. So for Christmas, I want something that I need, but that I don't know I need, that I'll be able to treasure forever and never have to throw away. My poor husband. Luckily, he's a gift person as well, so we're pretty equally matched. I wonder what's at the end of that line for you. What do you want for Christmas? Maybe it's something less tangible than a present under the tree. Until July this year, I was a secondary school science teacher. So when it got to Christmas, all I wanted was a lion, a bit of peace and quiet, and not having to be responsible for teenagers with Bunsen burners. A lot of films we see, especially at Christmas time, have a theme of someone or a character wanting a desire and their mission to get it. And often this mission is a little bit less simple than a new car or a fancy necklace they've seen in a window. Here's some examples. Kevin from Home Alone, he wants his family to all disappear. What about the Grinch? The Grinch wants to humiliate the Who's of Whoville and for um, Christmas to be destroyed like they humiliated him. Then you have all the stories in Love Actually from the drummer boy who wants his crush to notice him, um, all the way through to the prime minister who wants the girl and to punch the US president in the face all in a few days. And finally, you have Scrooge in The Christmas Carol who just doesn't want Christmas to happen at all. What do you want? this Christmas time. In our Bible readings today, we met a number of different characters, and we saw glimpses of their heart and what they wanted or desired. Our first reading came from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, meaning God's messenger, who was writing what God wanted to tell the people about 750 years before the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate at Christmas. He was writing to a people group who originally had a covenant or a promise with God that God would be present, walking with them, leading them, guiding them, helping them live the best possible way. But they'd messed up. They'd stopped trusting, stopped letting God lead. And they'd ended up in separation from God, overrun by tribes around them. They were at war and they had a total loss of identity as his people. So what do they want at the time of Isaiah writing? Maybe peace, a home, to be leaders once again with a king and a kingdom, to defeat their enemies surrounding them, maybe even to be right with God again. And into this mess, Isaiah writes, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne, that's their old great king, 
and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Biblical scholars are in agreement that this is talking about Jesus. His ancestral line even includes that King David, but not for 750 years. That's a long time to wait for a Christmas present. And it probably didn't come how they imagined, in the form of a baby, born to a disgraced mother in a poor town which wasn't her own, who will not reign on a throne, but actually be rejected, dismissed, and killed. Let's have a look at our next character. In our next reading, we met Mary. Mary was probably a teenage girl at this point, and suddenly she gets an angelic vision that she is going to have a son. Now, maybe she wanted a son and was excited to have children one day. I am currently pregnant myself, and I can tell you, as much as I was longing to get pregnant, I'm incredibly glad I found out the traditional pee-on-a-stick way rather than with an angelic visit, telling me that I was going to have a child and he'd have a never-ending kingdom and I wouldn't even get to decide what his name was going to be. One of my favourite Christmas tunes is Mary Did You Know, especially the CeeLo Green version. I'd highly recommend it if you've never heard it. I love it because it like, kind of questions the same things I question when I look at a nativity scene. I wonder if at all Mary wanted just control, a bit of decision-making. Did she realize what it was all about when the angel declared, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David? Did she know that Isaiah's words were coming true with her? Did she get the significance? Did she know what she was agreeing to? when she said yes. So we've seen tribes of people 750 years before Jesus wanting peace and their kingdom back. We've seen Mary, who probably just wanted a bit of control and maybe some clarity on what she was agreeing to. And then we get the shepherds. They also get a random visit from angels, exclaiming to them, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I imagine at this point the shepherds being quite confused. To us? Why us? Shepherds were often in poverty, had to work brutally hard, and at that time were under Roman occupation. I don't know what the equivalent would be today. Maybe an angel coming and visiting a bunch of guys in a homeless shelter, or children in a care home, or refugees in a refugee camp. But the shepherds would not have been expecting to hear this news at all, and definitely not the first. The Messiah, the Lord, the one we've been waiting for for hundreds of years, here, now, to us, how exciting. But then comes the next line. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Maybe not quite what they expected to hear next. That's almost like us hearing, we have a new prime minister who knows how to use a hairbrush until finding out that actually he's a purple alien who can't speak English. Well, maybe that would still be better. But good on the shepherds. They still went. They went to see the baby. And they left glorifying God. I wonder what they wanted from this new baby. Perhaps freedom from the Romans. Perhaps some money and comfort. Or just a step up out of poverty. Maybe even they knew this was the fulfillment of the promise. So we have seen all these people waiting and longing for something. 
but do they get what they wanted? What happens next? Well, we treated you tonight. We haven't left you in a line of duty. Was that two shots? Who's dead? Kind of cliffhanger. Our final reading tells us the answers. John starts his book, his whole account of Jesus' life, by telling us what his birth really and truly means for everyone. Firstly, his birth gives us light. John says the true light that gives light to everyone True light in the darkness of this world, in the suffering, in the worry, in the pain. Light that cannot be overcome by darkness. This means true justice and true grace. It means a chance to see what this world was truly created to be like without the mess and the selfishness and the greed. Secondly, it means that God is here. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. John uses the term word here, but it's another word for Jesus. Jesus, who is God, became human and made his dwelling amongst us. I love how another paraphrase of this Bible passage puts it. He moved into the neighborhood. God moved in. He didn't stay afar judging us or left us to it. He came to where we were. And he didn't pick a comfy hotel or the palace, or even the actual throne of David, but an occupied town to a humble family. Maybe not what everyone was expecting or even wanting that Christmas, but actually, isn't that better? Thirdly, it means we have a hope in a new identity. John says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God children of God. Later in the Bible, we get a letter from a guy who went from killing Christians to becoming one himself and starting churches. And he writes that receiving Jesus is like being adopted. In the Roman world, that was incredible. To have the status of being adopted as a child into a household was to be given everything. To have no fear about what we have done and who we have been before or what our old identity was. So our final reading tonight shows us that the birth of Jesus and his death and resurrection gives us the light, seeing this world how it was created to be. It gives us God here daily and forever. And it gives us a new identity as children of God, no matter who we were before or what we have been through. And that's not even the end. We know our world is still in chaos. Despite this truth of joy and hope at Christmas time, we still live in a world of injustice and inequality. We live with the daily anxiety of a global pandemic, the uncertainty of the state of our environment, and we know there are groups of people living in poverty, in persecution, and in powerlessness around the world. But it's not just those before the birth of Jesus who have to wait expectantly. So do we. Jesus' birth can give us glimpses of that light, of God's presence and of our new identity, but it also gives us a future hope, a hope where the kingdom Isaiah spoke about is in a complete appearance, where, as it says in one of the last chapters of the Bible, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, 
for the older order of things has passed away. I wonder if that's what our characters from our readings actually wanted, even if they didn't know it at the time. Or is the birth of Jesus even better than they could have wished for? What do you want for Christmas? Maybe it is just that gadget that you've been keeping an eye on in the shops. Maybe it's time with your family who you haven't seen for a while. But maybe it's some hope for justice in the world, a sense of belonging or security in your identity. If so, maybe a New Year's resolution for you could be to give some time to exploring the claims of Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. I'd love you to encourage you to come to the first session of our next Alpha course, which you can join online or hopefully in person in the new year, starting on the 2nd of February. Alpha is an opportunity to ask the big questions of life in a pressure-free environment. There's food, a short talk, and a discussion. It's free, and you'd be very welcome. On your way out, you'll be offered an invitation to this. Looks like this. <laughs> and a little book called Why Christmas. If you'd like to take one, you are very welcome to do so. You can also find out more on our website and sign up there too. But I also know from my own experience that Jesus can offer us the comfort, hope, and identity right now. If, as John puts it, you receive him. Maybe you don't want to wait. And actually, the thing you want for Christmas doesn't have to wait until the 25th of December or is wrapped up in a box under your tree. Maybe for you, this Christmas, it's accessible right now. I'm going to pray. Feel free to join in if, in your heart if you feel right, that's right for you tonight. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you came to this earth as a baby, grew up, lived, died, and rose again for me. Jesus, thank you that you accept me just as I am. I ask you to forgive where I've made mistakes and where I've ignored you and those in need. Tonight, I receive you in my heart. Tonight, I accept you as the true king. Come and make your home with me this Christmas. Come into my life and stay with me forever. Help me to take part in all you do to bring your true kingdom here. Amen.